Amen. Well, we are going to get into, continue our series in Hebrews chapter 6. We are on the last two, so this is the second to last one. Um, we have been saying that in Hebrews chapter 6, Paul tells us the things that we have to have as a foundation to go on to maturity. Now, there's a lot of people that would claim to have maturity in Christ, right? But I want to challenge you in this. If they're off in one of these six things, you cannot go on to maturity. So Paul says, I didn't say it, Paul said it, okay? Don't blame me, right? uh, We are entering an age of deception, guys. And one of the things I'm going to preach about today is very, very foundational to Christianity. But we're entering a time when people are saying it's not true. I just heard this week, and there's plenty of churches that are preaching this. You don't have to believe that Genesis is true. You don't have to believe that they were actual events. In fact, maybe they were just myths or stories that God wanted you to know. That is being preached from the pulpit a lot lately. I don't accept that for one minute. Not even for one second. Genesis was actual events that happened. And, and I'm so glad we're going to move into Genesis in the coming, coming weeks. Because, man, we have to have that down. But we're going to preach this morning about something that is also foundational. Let me read it to you. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine. We're going back to the elementary doctrines. We're going back to elementary school here, guys. Of Christ. And go on to maturity. So these are the elementary things. We're going to move on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, that's what we're talking about this morning, and eternal judgment. This morning we're going to preach about the resurrection of the dead. The title, the main point I want to get across this morning is resurrection power. Everybody say, resurrection power. power. Yes. It's, a, it's important as a church that we believe in the resurrection of the dead. It is foundational to the church that we believe Jesus rose from the dead, that he was resurrected, that God did not leave him for dead, but that he is alive today. It's important that you believe when you die, you will be resurrected. You will experience that same power, right? Yes. As, as Christians, though, people have always doubted the resurrection. They always have. All throughout history, people have doubted the resurrection. Paul experienced this. In Acts chapter 17, let me read it to you. He says this as he's preaching in Athens. He says, In the time of times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Remember, we talked about repentance from dead works. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world. We're going to get to that in, next week. In righteousness, by a man, man who he, whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, they, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you about this again. So Paul went out of their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom were Dion, Dion I can't even say this when I've heard it before. Dionysus, and this one, this one's another good one, Andy. Arapagadi, 
Pagadite, Pagadite. Man, I practice this stuff and I can't even say it right. And a woman named Damaris and others with them. Paul was mocked for preaching the, the resurrection of Jesus, right? He was mocked, but some people actually believed him. And that is going to continue until Jesus returns. We are going to be mocked, and some people are going to believe. In Paul's day, it was the Sadducees. They confronted, they confronted Jesus about it. They didn't believe in the resurrection. In our day, it's often atheists who will mock us for believing in an afterlife, for believing in a resurrection of the dead. And whether it's the Sadducees or the atheists, it should come to no surprise whatsoever that people are going to mock you for your faith in the resurrection of the dead. Stand firm. Do not let, that, let them question you on that. We absolutely believe that. It is foundational. I will never allow someone to preach at this church that Jesus did not raise from the dead. It will never happen. It is foundational to our faith. But why? Why is it foundational? I could, I could probably stand up here. I could give you this well-thought-out argument of like why you have to believe in the resurrection of the dead to be a Christian. But the Holy Spirit already did that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes this and he says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? So Paul was dealing with this in the church. Can you believe that? Even 2,000 years ago, Paul was dealing with this in the church. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is in vain. Absolutely foundational. We are, we, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ. Whom he... If he, whom, he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those, who, those also who have been fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If, it is, if, it, it, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and said, this is foundational. You cannot be a Christian and not believe in the resurrection. It, it, is, it is a non-negotiable. It, it's imperative that we understand this. To follow Jesus means that you believe he rose from the dead, that his tomb is empty, and he is no longer there. Now, if I was being truthful with you, to a certain point, I kind of get why people doubt it right? It's easy to doubt something that you've never really experienced. Anybody else ever, ever had this happen? I have two brothers and a sister that were absolutely, absolutely obsessed with the show of The Office. Together, the three of them have watched it twice, beginning episode to the end. Twice. That's not the other times they've watched it. And so I would get, get, I would get, I would get with them and we'd be hanging out and they would quote it. They would act it out. They would, they would laugh about it. There was, there was this certain point, like it felt like they had this own way of communicating with each other. It really felt that way. And it was really, really annoying. 
And I'd be like, what are you guys even talking about? This sounds so dumb. Like, you guys, man, like, watch a good show. How about that? And they would, they would mock me for it. They'd be like, you just have to watch it to understand. It was very, very annoying. And then one night, on a winter night, I was sitting in my apartment before I met Tracy, and I was bored, and I noticed that the office was on. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll give this a shot. And I turn it on, and I don't know that I have ever laughed so hard in my entire life. I call my brother. I'm like, this is hilarious. I'm telling I'm quoting it to him. I'm, I'm telling him this is incredible. And he's like, see, I told you so. See, it was easy for me to criticize something until I had actually watched it myself. Does that make sense? Like I was able, I was easily criticizing them for the things that they were saying and doing and acting out until I was like, oh, I get it now. I fell for the, the office hard. I, I love the moments Pam and, and Jim had. And then when they got married, that was incredible. Dwight Schrute is probably the best character on television history. I mean, I was hook, line, and sinker, fell for the office, went there, bought the t-shirt, right? And I had plenty more. Like, I was, and I've got to be honest with you, I have some Dwight Schrute tendencies, just so you know. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica, that's one of his famous quotes. But here's the thing. It's easy to criticize something unless you actually experience it yourself. But as believers, we've experienced a resurrection, We've gone from death to life. We've been what Jesus calls born again. So we get the resurrection that happens inside of us. It might not have happened from, from physical death to life yet, but we understand spiritually we have gone from death to life. We've experienced that. In fact, Romans 6 says this, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We've been there. We've experienced it. And oftentimes we are mocked because people haven't experienced it yet. And it's easy to understand why they would, because they they've never experienced it for themselves. And experience is much better than just knowing about. When you've experienced something, that makes a big difference than just knowing about something. Problem is, Christians, we are not exempt to the problems of this world, are we? we? We have all experienced death, pain, right? And just because you're born again doesn't mean that people around you aren't going to die and that, 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 that people aren't going to be hurting, right? We all witness this. Now, almost all of us in this room have lost a loved one, haven't we? That still hurts, doesn't it? Still hurts. Still think about it, don't you? Many of us have experienced a loss in a relationship. And, and, and some of us have not even gotten over that yet. And the pain there is still hurting. Or a lot of us have started businesses, our own homes. And we thought we had a solid financial plan. And it was going to go great. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. We lost that. And it hurt. And like I said earlier, experience is a whole lot different than knowing, right? It's one thing to, to say, well, I could overcome those things. It's a whole other thing to experience that. 
And this world is full of sin, full of death. And being a born again doesn't mean that we're still not in the world. We're not of the world, but we're still in it. Just this thing with Israel. I, I was sharing with somebody this week, like I have to, to really watch myself. I was watching the news and I was literally crying at one point in time, hearing about what was happening to these children. And if you're not careful, that will weigh you down. And you should be emotional and it should make you angry and it should make you sad. That's okay. But if you dwell on it, next thing you know, you could allow that to really affect you. And what happens is, as a Christian, as we experience death, we experience loss, we experience hurt. And before too long, that becomes the expectation. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus wants to bring newness of life to you. He wants to give you that resurrecting power. He has purpose for you. This morning, I want to spend some time in Luke chapter 8 and, and see about a time when somebody was experiencing this and Jesus brought newness of life to them. In Luke chapter 8, verse 40, it says this. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jer Jariot, Jairus, Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to him to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Now I want to stop right here for a minute. Let's talk about what's happening to Jairus here. His daughter's dying, but he's a ruler of the synagogue. Now if you read through the Gospels, you understand that the religious leaders at the time did not like Jesus, did they? And J Jairus is one of them. Okay? But here he is, he falls at Jesus' feet. He, 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 he's looking at Jesus, a man that he may have even criticized in the past, but certainly his, his friends have, and he's asking Jesus to help him. He puts his prestige, he puts his authority, he puts everything that he has aside to fall at Jesus' feet and say, help me. Imagine what this looks like from the outsider's point of view. Here's one of their own that is now asking and begging Jesus for help. Not secretly, not in the dark like many others did, but a man that was in a place where he would fall at Jesus' feet, even if that meant that he was removed as a ruler of the synagogue. Why? Why? Because he was desperate. He was absolutely desperate. His little girl was dying. His little girl who he held in his arms, who he had watched grow up, who had made him laugh, who had made him cry. She was dying. And there was literally nothing he could do about it. But he'd heard about somebody that couldn't. He'd heard about a guy named Jesus who did miracles and healed the sick. And, and maybe there's a possibility that Jairus at, at a certain point in time maybe even saw Jesus do a miracle. And so he was able, he was willing to take everything that his life was all about, lay it aside at a des desperation for his daughter to find out if Jesus would do this thing for him. 
And see, oftentimes this is where we get to, even as Christians. Even as Christians, we, we find ourselves in this situation. There's the craziness of this situation. What Jairus really needed in his life was Jesus. Jesus should have been the center of Jairus' life. But it's sometimes it's the very thing that is the center of your life that comes crashing down that gets you to the person you really need to be with, which is Jesus. And we do this sometimes as Christians. We replace Jesus as the most important person in our life or the, the thing, or we replace him with a business, or we replace him with whatever it is. And then when that thing starts to fall apart, we turn to the very thing that should have been what our life is all about anyway. That is Jesus. In church, we have to understand this. We have to understand this. When Jesus is your rock, when he is your center, you are immovable. He is the, he is the foundation that you base your life on. The very thing that, you, that Jairus really needed in his life was Jesus. And it took the very thing that was the center of his life to come crashing down to turn him towards Jesus. Let's keep reading verse 43. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. So here we go again. Different person, same outcome. Desperation. This woman had suffered for 12 years. Had, had suffered and needed a healing. Now, isn't it interesting that we have two sets of 12 here? Did you guys pick up on that? You have a 12-year-old girl, and you have a, a woman who has suffered for 12 years. Now, it might be easy to think that that's coincidence, but I don't think anything in the Word of God is coincidence. Here, this girl is only 12 years old, and all of a sudden, she needs a miracle. It's suddenly, her life comes crashing down immediately. One day, she's playing in the field. She's doing her thing. She's growing up, learning her Torah. And the next minute, she's laying on a bed and she's dying. And then you have a woman that has suffered for 12 years, has spent all of her money trying to get, get help, has gone from person to thing to whatever it is, trying to fix her problem for 12 long years. And you have somebody that is in desperation immediately and somebody that has been in desperation for a long time, but don't miss the point of it. The answer is always Jesus. It's always turning to Jesus. Whether it's in the moment or whether it's been years of suffering, don't let your heart get hard. Turn to Jesus. So many people have something tragic that happens to them in the moment. And the first thing they want to do is run away from Jesus. Or so many people have suffered for so long and they're saying, I need help and I need help and I need help. And, they, and their heart grows cold towards Jesus. What we have to do is turn towards Jesus. He is always the answer. He is always the answer. Jesus wants you to have newness of life. It doesn't matter if your life was turned upside down in a moment or if it's been many, many years of suffering. Jesus has resurrection power. 
He has healing power. He can change your life faster than you would ever imagine. Just one word from Jesus changes everything. Verse 45. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounded you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, step back for a minute and look at this scene. Imagine what's often forgotten about in that moment is that Jairus is on his knees. Right? Put yourself in Jairus' shoes for a minute. His world, his daughter is laying on a bed somewhere dying. And Jesus just stopped where he was going to talk to a woman. Now, I have a 13-year-old daughter. And she's going to be 14 in March. Oh, I need a lot of prayer. Be praying for me. Be praying. She's a wonderful girl. But be praying for me. But I don't know that I could have responded the same way Jairus does here. Could you? Jesus stops to interact with this woman. I might have stood up and been like, Jesus got somewhere to be. No, no, ma'am. He ain't stopping to talk to you. We are moving. We are going to my house. I might have grabbed Jesus by the sleeve and been like, come on. Come on. You got somewhere to be. I might have started pushing people out of the way. Excuse me. Get out the way. Move out the way. We need to go somewhere. And see, sometimes that's how we react as Christians, and it's not the right way to react. We see somebody that's healed, and we go, Lord, where's my healing? Where's my, why did you not show up for me? And this is one of the things that I love about Jesus. Jesus does not care what you think of yourself. Well, he does, but he's going to deal with that too. You could be powerful like Jairus, or you could be homeless. It don't matter. He still wants to give you resurrection power, newness of life. You, you could be the, 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 the CEO of the company or the lowest person on the totem pole. Jesus wants to bring healing for both. You could be Jairus, who's a, who is the ruler of a synagogue, or you could be a woman who under Mosaic law is unclean and shouldn't be around men. Jesus doesn't care. He's going to bring healing to both. And I love that about Jesus. Don't let someone else's healing get in the way of your heart. Don't let someone else's miracle get in the way of what God wants to do for you. Open your heart up to Jesus regardless of what he's done for somebody else. Amen? Amen. Jesus don't care how important you think you are. He cares for everyone. He cares for everyone. But check out verse 49 here. And while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. So many of us have been here, right? That moment your heart sinks into your stomach, right? It's over. It's heartbreak. It's hurt. Have you ever, have you ever lived through that moment? I have. I've had moments where my heart just sinks and it just feels hopeless. God didn't do what he wanted, what you wanted him to do in the way that you wanted him to do it. And you're a broken person and it hurts and it's painful. 
And oftentimes, this is the moment that people walk away from Jesus when what they really needed was Jesus. This is, this is the moment that you lost that business, you lost that house, you lost that relationship. Your kids turn away from Jesus. And you think it's too late. Are you still willing to follow Jesus in those moments? Are you still willing to go after Jesus, even when someone else received a healing, but you didn't? Just because you lost something doesn't mean that Jesus is done. Jesus is not done. He can bring healing. He can bring comfort. He can bring resurrection. He can, he can, he can bring all those things that are going to bring newness of life to you. And even though you lost something, he can bring something better. He can still fulfill his promises. Many, many people out there, they, they get removed from ministry in a way that is, wasn't, their, wasn't their intention. I want you to know something. Jesus can still use you to build the kingdom of God. He can. It's not over. He wants to bring newness of life. But you have to know something. You have to know something. It's found in verse 50. You have to know this. Verse 50 says this. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him. Do not fear, only believe, and she will be made well. It's the promise of resurrection. It's the promise of a resurrection. It's resurrection power. It's believe that God has something better for you. Believe that God can restore that relationship. Believe that God can still use you can still, still bring a newness of life inside of you that will be better than before. Only believe, he says. We might live in a fallen world. There might be brokenness all around us. There might be people's lives that are absolutely falling, up, falling apart. But Jesus wants to bring a newness of life to you. Only believe, he says. Verse 51. And when he came to the house... He allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child and all who were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. I want you to know people are going to laugh at you about this. You believe in a resurrection. Amen. Amen. People are going to laugh at you. When you share your dreams, when you share what God has put on your heart, when, when, you, when you go after what Jesus has and you believe him for newness of life, people are going to mock you. That's just part of the deal. Just get that out of the way now and accept it. Verse 54. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. When Jesus speaks, there's no holding back. It's over already. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed, he, and he directed that some, something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, as I read this story, I've got to ask myself, why? Why did he let this, this little girl die? Could he not have healed her like he did the centurion's daughter? Speak a word from the distance. Go, go on your way, she's healed. He could have. Why did he let this little girl die? Remember what I said earlier. Experiencing the power of God is much different than just knowing about 
the power of God. And I want you to know sometimes there's things that are dying in your life because God wants to show you his resurrection power. Sometimes things die in your life because God wants, to, wants you to see that he can bring newness of life in any situation. And sometimes we walk through difficult circumstances and hard things because God says, I'm going to be there right in the midst of it with you. And I'm going to show you newness of life. And I'm gonna, you're going to experience me, not just know about me. And even right now, some things might be dying in your life. And even right now, you could be experiencing loss. But Jesus says there's resurrection power. What I'm going to bring to you later will be better than what you're walking in now. There's going to be a newness of life that comes upon you. You're going to have to walk through some things. This world, just because you're born again, doesn't mean this world's all easy. And, and you'll never face any difficulties. But Jesus wants you to know. He brings resurrection power and experiencing the power of God is just is better than knowing about the power of God. You know, years ago, Tracy and I, we, uh, we planted some tomatoes. We're not gardeners, by the way. We just, we're not. But we planted some tomatoes. And we got, I don't know, maybe through the summer, we got like 40 tomatoes out of it. It was, it was fun. Um, she, she did more than I did, obviously. But she, and she really did a good job with them. And my favorite part was when the kids were little, hourly updates. They would run into to the house and be like, Dad, Dad, it's growing. It's changing colors, Dad. And that, that, would, that, was pro that made the experience absolutely worth it. And, and, it, and throughout the summer, we enjoyed these tomatoes. We got about 40 of them. But here's the thing. At some point in time, those plants died. You know that, right? Now, if I would have been doing it, they would have died a lot sooner. But they died eventually. And here, here's what I want you to think about. The, the following summer, Tracy and I planted more tomato plants, and we did the exact same thing. And maybe we will do that again once life slows down a little bit. But those tomato plants died. Now, what would have happened? What would have happened if Tracy and I would have held on to those tomato plants, those dead, lifeless tomato plants? Why did you die on us? We loved your tomatoes. We, 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 this, you, it was so delicious. We'll never eat tomatoes again. You're the only one for me. You know what would have happened? We would have never had tomatoes again, right? But we do this in life. Sometimes it's okay to say it with me. Let go. Say it. Let go. Let go. Believe that there is resurrection power that God wants to bring a newness to your life, no matter what age you're, you are, how young you are, what your life was before is not the, the finale. God wants to bring greater fruit for you. He has something wonderful for you. But you have to let go. You can't hold on to the past. You have to say that part was wonderful when it lasted, but I'm moving on. And some of us get in this trap where we hang on to the past and we, and we God, why did you take this from me? Why did, the, why did this not work out the way that I wanted it to? And God would say to you, I've got resurrection power. Your dreams are not dead. Your dreams are only starting. I have something better for you. Just believe. Just believe. So what do you need right now? The worship team wants to come forward. 
What do you need right now? What are you believing God for a resurrection for? He could do it just like that. He could do it at any point in time. What are you believing that God is going to resurrect in your life? I don't know what that is for you. I have no idea. But I know this. The answer is always turning to Jesus. The answer is always falling on your knees and putting Jesus back where he belongs. The center and the foundation of your life. You know, I see, I see this in ministry. And, I, and I'm not trying, to, I would not scare anybody. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, I see this. Where somebody will say, well, you know, I was a real big fan of Jesus. And then I kind of went my own way. And then I hit absolute rock bottom. And I usually don't say this in a counseling session, right? But I, I'm thinking it. There's a reason you hit rock bottom. Because there's only one way you're coming back, right? And that's scriptural. I'm showing you in scripture where that's, where that's truthful. And so, but some of us have to hit rock bottom. What I'm saying to you this morning is don't. Just believe. Whatever you have lost in your life, God can bring resurrection power. There's newness of life in there. So what is it? And you might be thinking, Steve, I can make you a list. I got a whole lot of things that I'm hoping Jesus resurrects in my life. The prayer team wants to come forward. If you're here this morning, and maybe you're kind of like the tomato plants, right? You've been holding on to something. You, you, you've been saying, God, why, why, why? I want to tell you this morning, God's saying you're asking the wrong question. You, the question should be, what? What's next? What's next? What's the good, next good thing I'm going to bring you? Sure, tomato plant, plant might have died. That in your life died. It's time to move on to what's next. Because Jesus has got something good for you. Amen? And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you. We're going to stand to our feet as we play this last worship song. During the song, you're dismissed. You can leave at any point in time. But if you're here this morning and you say, God, I need you to resurrect something in my life. I want you to worship God and believe him for it. And there's these wonderful people up here that would be happy to pray for you. We, we preached on laying on of hands, right? We all believe it. So I want to encourage you, come forward. Even come just stand at the altar if you want to. That's okay. And worship with us. And believe that God's going to re resurrect something great in your life. Amen?